It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth of Podcast, the show about all things B2B SaaS marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now joining us today on the show is Owen McCabe, chairman and co-founder at Intercom. And today we're talking about leadership lessons from founding and scaling Intercom into a billion dollar company. Owen founded Intercom in a Dublin coffee shop with three friends and went from CEO of a four person startup to CEO of an almost 700 person Silicon Valley unicorn. In this episode, we hear about Intercom's growth story from Owen's perspective and what it meant for him personally as a leader. We discuss Owen's view of leadership, how Owen developed his leadership skills, the dangers of complacency and the importance of reinvention, some of the biggest challenges he faced, plus the work people should prioritize to become effective leaders. There's all this and a whole lot more on episode 62 of the Growth Up podcast with Owen McCabe, chairman and co-founder at Intercom. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome Owen McCabe to the show, who is chairman and co-founder at Intercom. So Owen, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm so thrilled we're able to have you on the show and dig into today's topic, which is leadership lessons from founding and scaling Intercom into a billion dollar company. So an awesome topic. And I was thinking to kick things off, what does leadership actually mean to you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I, when I think about it, I think that the, 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 the two kind of ideas that come to mind are kind of um, purpose and inspiration. So, so, so let, me, let me explain what I mean by that. You know, I, I don't think you can have leadership without purpose. I don't think you can have leadership without a strong grounding in a mission and <clears throat> some sense of um, meaning, um, uh, you know, uh, a connection to um, how you are going to improve the lives of some people in any kind of way. So, so I really think that that's a, an, just an essential component. Um, that's the first piece, purpose and meaning, a connection and grounding to purpose and meaning. And then the second is, um, you know, a hunger, desire, thirst, ability to motivate, inspire, and bring people along um, in, in service of that, uh, that purpose. Um, so, you know, let me see if I can summarize that. It's, you know, I, 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 I think the essence of leadership is a connection to purpose and ability uh, or um, a desire to bring people along in service of that purpose. Yeah, I love it. And you founded Intercom with three of your mates, I believe, in a Dublin coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And now you're obviously a billion dollar Silicon Valley business. So for you personally, what's your journey been like going from a CEO of a four person startup to CEO of an almost 700 person unicorn? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been. Uh, you know, nothing short of incredible, amazing, shocking, um, challenging. Um, you know, the biggest gift I think um, for me personally was um, 
just the the, pers- the personal growth and experience and the the adventure and the 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 self knowledge and the the opportunity to really understand perhaps a little bit better you know who I am and 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 what I want you, you it's a crazy kind of a thing especially the silicon valley flavor of of starting a company i don't know if i recommend people do it or not um but you know it's 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 growth at all costs it's um an obscene obsession with uh um you know comparisons across the industry it's a hyper competitive um and so you know there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of rushing racing a lot of stress um there's a lot of a lot, lot of downsides to to a lot of challenges but really some of the greatest things are just an opportunity to you know to work with incredible people at the top of their game deeply push and challenge yourself um play some part in the broader world um and uh yeah, like I said, the, the you know the the if you ask what it's like, I, I can't compa- compare it with anything else. But what I can say is that it it uh it has left me, you know, a new and different person, and that's that's the thing that that uh that I take from it. You know, I'm just really incredibly grateful for it. You know, just the resources I have and the abilities I have today. Um, I think that's what I think that's what a lot of people can can take from such a thing. Yeah, I could imagine. And you mentioned personal growth there. So how did you actually level up your own leadership skills to make sure you could grow and develop almost as quickly as Intercom was? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 say, I say quite often that I think that actually the, the tips and the tricks and the, the domain knowledge and industry best practices are the easy things. You can read blog posts or listen to podcasts you know, every smart person will figure out all of that stuff along the way. So for, you know, for founder CEOs like me, you know, a big, a big thing people try and figure out is how do I raise a lot of money? We raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars over the years. Um, that's the easy part. That's the really easy part. You can read that in blog posts. And, 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 and like I said, any half smart person will figure that out along the way. The, 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 the big, the big challenge is the self mastery is exactly what you're talking about is actually figuring out yourself. And so for me, I was always, I was a little less into the, the, the tactics and practices of leadership and from an early stage realized or came to believe anyway, that great leadership required, um, you know, like I said, a knowledge and understanding of yourself self-love and appreciation um and um you know from that comes an ability to be you know truly authentic know what your values are communicate them and connect with people in a in 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 a real and a meaningful way you know when you do that self-work um you know few things can get in your way and so for me this is a long way to say for me what was important was that I did that. Uh, uh, I, I looked into those deeper practices, whether it was meditation or 
you know, great holistic therapy or, I, you know, I work with a, an incredible coach. Um, and, you know, over the years then through, you know, I've worked with this guy for, se- for seven years uh, and, and over the years through working with this person and, and, and just getting to learn about different therapeutic modalities and different you know, spiritual practices and whatnot, it just became a, a topic of interest. And, you know, I just found that through, through that grounding and the education you get from that, that inward journey, this is some really hit, hippy-dippy stuff. You can tell I spent so much of my time in California. Um, you, um, you, you have all you need to lead um, in any context. So you don't really need to, you know, sweat, sweat over the top 10 tips of leadership and whatever the trendiest book is at the moment. If you really deeply know and love yourself and you've done that inner work, you um, you go a long way to be able to achieve really great things and be a leader by the definition I I mentioned. You know, I talked about you know finding meaning and staying grounded in your purpose, and then being able to motivate and inspire. You've got to do the deep work to be able to do that really well. Yeah, I think it's super interesting to hear hear about this, and for sure, there's a lot of self mastery needed. And I think everybody suffers from bouts of things like imposter syndrome and anxiety. So were there ever any times when you questioned your own leadership skills and ability? Um, skills, yes. I think ability less so. For, for, for right or for wrong, I always had an inherent belief that, you know, my ideas were interesting and others would find them to be that too. Um, could be, that could be arrogant. Maybe it was true. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. But even as a young kid, I, I was the one who would come up with the games we'd play and, and uh, you know, help everyone have more, more fun when we, when we got together. Um, but when, when it comes to skills, I mean, you could, I don't know what, how, how you might describe leadership skills. You know, you might, you might imagine that communication is one of them. And, you know, really great communication. It once again comes from a grounding in the self and understanding of who you are, your ability to you know, to, to be truly authentic, but, you know, around that there, there are, there is some, there are, there is some, uh, there are things you can learn about how to just communicate at large and connect with people and, and, and understand a broad audience. I mean, you know, we have, we have five global offices. We, we would do an all hands every second week. And, you know, it, 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 there's there it's a fine art the practice of being able to read the room if you will when the room is in five places um and you know every, every significant company now is, is is global in that way even even small new companies and so you know just learning the art of communicating on mass was was definitely something i i doubted at various times i would i would just be bewildered by you know, the message that people would take from what I said or um, what they'd read from my intonation. Every all hands I'd beat myself up. I, I'm a perfectionist in the extreme. And so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be familiar with that. It can be just really difficult um, to really be able to connect with the masses. And so that was, that was one thing I, I questioned constantly. You know, am I doing this, this mass communication thing right? Why? Why are we misaligned? I always saw our goals as, as, as noble and still there'd be some people thinking, oh, 
he's lying, he, he's making that up. Management are kind of covering up for, for, for anything, for any number of things. So, um, yeah, connecting with and building trust with a large organization across the world is, is really difficult, and I question that uh, quite a bit, my ability to do so. Yeah, for sure. And I can definitely relate to the perfectionist piece, at least, and, and beating yeah. yourself up. But, um, yeah. I mean, as, as a leader, what are some of the things that you would never compromise on? I, I think, um, I mean, for me personally, it's in- integrity. Um, you know, I, I have my own model for innovation and success requires a honest and truthful appraisal of the world. So in marketing, for example, you're just not going to be very successful if you don't honestly look at the landscape and your competitors and the way they're communicating and the channels that they use. Without doing that, you're, you're, you're throwing darts against the wall with your eyes closed. Um, and so the grounding and truth is so, so, so important. Um, and the, that grounding gets chipped away when people aren't always honest about the big things, of course, but especially the small things, because that's where people will tell little white lies to themselves and then eventually others. Um, and it's a, it's a shame, but, you know, we all do it almost instinctively. Think about, you know, you arrange to meet a friend or even a friend of a friend and you can't go for some reason or you don't want to go and you might make up some little small lie or even you're at a restaurant and someone asks you, how, how is your meal? And you didn't quite enjoy it, but just for the sake of this moment or your own comfort, you might tell them that you did. I think that that's where the integrity starts to slip. And so I really, really encourage myself. I, I, I try so hard to always tell the truth in every instance, especially with myself. Um, and so in the restaurant situation, you know, I think it's a really beautiful and uh, productive and powerful and important challenge to be able to, in that moment, navigate the social discomfort, you know, be an understanding and an empathetic person, you know, explain to the, the, the restaurant staff that you actually don't have a problem all as well. And at the same time, um, uh, yeah, the coffee was a little cold, but <laughs> that happens. I really enjoyed my time here. You know, what, whatever it is, if you can actually, if you can master the, the, the practice of, of honesty where it doesn't really matter, then you, start to um then you start to find honesty you know of course where it does matter too and so whenever i would find people being any shade of dishonest especially with themselves i'd really quickly start to lose faith in them and i I'd, I'd try to work through it and uh you know we all do it and have done it and it's a journey for me to make sure that i'm always honest especially where it doesn't matter um, but that's just something I, I, I could never tolerate uh, any lack of integrity and of course there are people who will actually demonstrate um, dishonesty where it really does matter and that's 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 the easy part but I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a stickler for honesty in, in, in all and every context and that doesn't have to mean that you are callous 
uh, or lacking uh, thoughtfulness and care, it's it's very possible to be wholly honest and in a very loving way too. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and it can be very difficult or uncomfortable to be honest. And you spoke a lot there about integrity, humility, and and really keeping grounded. But you and Intercom were phenomenally successful. So when you're growing, money's coming in, and things all seem very rosy, how dangerous is complacency and how important is constant reinvention when you're a leader? Yeah, I mean, when all is going well, you're on top of the world. Um, you know, you can do no wrong. Um, and, you know, especially in this whole Silicon Valley game and the tech world, um, it gets a little icky because everyone around you wants to tell you how brilliant you are. The bankers and the investors, staff and potential partners and agencies that want to work for you and with you. You're incredible. You're a god. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> to, to, um, <laughs> to stay grounded in the essential truth of the fact that you're just another lucky human being, even if you're incredibly talented and smart too, um, is phenomenally difficult in this game. You know, there's just so much, uh, there's a lot of ass kissing going around. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of the not, that's the blunt way to put it. Um, so it's difficult. And, and uh, the danger of that complacency and that belief that you can do no wrong um, is, um, you know, a disconnect from reality. Uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, in, you know, in, in all facets of life, your personal life, your professional life, I use marketing as an example, not seeing the world for what it is um, will not allow you to play that, the, the, the games in that world. Um, unless you can actually appraise the road ahead of you and read the signs on the road, you're going to crash. Um, and so, uh, yes, there, there's great danger to, um, to starting to believe your own, your own crap and, uh, your, your, your hubris and, um, and, uh, you know, that once again is the reason that that self work is so crucial. The inward journey to understand how you operate and see all the moving pieces and be able to separate the ego from the, the larger self and uh, know the difference between ego and whatever it is that you, you are. So very dangerous, very hard, and very important to do the work to, to, to get grounded in reality. When it comes to reinvention as a leader, it's a slightly different topic in a sense, but I think, you know, we, we humans are capable of, of, of adapting, changing, growing, and we love to do that. We, we love to try new things. You know, we often are quite afraid of new things, especially things that may challenge our kind of ego identity. A lot of things, when people say they don't like something, it really means that they're afraid of something because it is in conflict with who they think they are or tell the world that they are. Um, but, you know, when you work through that and, uh, you know, tr you know, allow, permit yourself to, um, 
to try something new. It, 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 you know, the 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 body, mind, and soul, you know, rejoices in it. It's it's a uh, you know, we love creativity and learning and uh, adventure and magic and exploration. We love this stuff. And so, you know, often to try and stitch those two two topics together, you know, hubris and 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 just believing your own your own crap and that y- you can do no wrong. That that way of living is disconnected with reality. Doing the work to connect with reality and your authentic self will find that um, you are growing and changing. And um, as the world moves, so do you. And you will, if 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 you stay close to yourself, find that um, you you have a thirst to reinvent yourself, and you have a thirst to try new things. And I think it's just a great model for for happiness. You know, we 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 in the professional world we have these little patterns and formulas for talking about ourselves and others. Like I am a I am a founder. I am a CEO. Uh, I have a podcast. I'm a podcast guy. Um, and that locks us into some certain life. Uh, and, you know, podcasts are really great. And you can continue to do your podcast for many years. But you might like to be many other things, too. And it would be a, a shame to live your life without permitting yourself to do so. Also, though, in a marketing context, in a business context, if you don't reinvent and change, you're you're, you're going to stale and and you are becoming stagnant the world in which we're living in is changing so fast especially in technology and so reinvention and innovation is crucial and key yeah absolutely and as you said there it's not always sunshine rainbows and and unicorns uh, even when things are going super well and i would love to know what is the biggest leadership challenge you faced at intercom and how did you overcome that yeah uh, usually it came down to me departing from my own instinct and values, um, you know, the, some some ideas to come to mind when you ask that are um, times when I saw certain certain people on the team who were so talented, so brilliant. Maybe they were so popular, but there was just a, a particular facet of their behavior that was also so toxic, and I I failed a couple times. Um, or was way too slow to 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 move in situations where, you know, uh, it would have taken great bravery to, you know, tell the team of the company that no matter how talented this person is and how popular that they are, that they're actually toxic, you know, for our culture. Often due to certain you know behaviors, political practices, we were very apolitical uh, uh, at Intercom. If you look at our culture, you'll find really that the best ideas win rather than the people who shout the most. But some of my biggest challenges and failings as a CEO and leader were just being too slow to respond to my, my intuition or, or to act on my values there. Um, and this is just the classic thing with, 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 with values. They only really matter if, um, you know, they, they meet real problems and opportunities in the world if your values never get tested, they're not really values. They're just truisms. They're just things that most people, you know, hold to be factual. They, they don't, they're not strategic. They don't count for something new. Um, so it was just through painful learning experiences when, you know, I let a couple of people stay in the company a couple of years too long. And 
you know, these were beautiful, wonderful human beings, incredibly talented individuals, uh, really fun to work with, but just bad for the company. And it was never fatal, but uh, it was all my fault. It was all my failing to not act on my, 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 my own values. But that's really how you develop a trust in your intuition. It's tr- through those kinds of mistakes when you realize, huh, I was right. I, I, sh- I should have done things differently. That's how you know not to, to make that mistake in the future. So that so you know a little bit of kindness is important too. I'm speaking out loud and telling that to myself. But for anyone out there that makes these types of mistakes and fails to act in your intuition, it's natural and normal. And just thank yourself for that experience and know that you won't make the mistake again. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why reflection is so so important in terms of learning and development and growth. And we have a lot of SaaS founders, marketing leaders, and up and coming marketing leaders listening to the podcast. So what work should people prioritize to become effective leaders? You know, I'm I'm, I'm repeating a couple of things at this stage, but I I really think it's the work of, you know, self-mastery and self-knowledge. I think um, a lot of types of meditation can help there. It's quite slow and gentle, but, um, you know, there's, you know, like insight, Meditation or vipassana is a is a is a Buddhist uh, uh, practice, but it's it's very um, it's very approachable. And you know, there's apps out there. There's a great app called Insight Timer that has a bunch of insight meditation practices. Super super approachable. That takes years, um, but the uh, the um, you know it's work that needs to be done. Um, and, and over time you can find it quite fun too, but it, it can be really hard to get into. It took me many years to get into that. I, I, I got there through the help of my, my, my coach and therapist. And, you know, I, I've helped many leaders now and, uh, find therapists themselves. And so I encourage people to find a therapist that uses a range of modalities. A modality is just an approach to therapy. There's so many different approaches. Find someone who is holistic in their approach so that they kind of, they use a bunch of different modalities and they can stitch them together rather than just being stuck on, on, on one thing. Find someone who does, in my personal opinion, I think you'll get a lot from this, um, use you know, mindfulness and, and, and meditation in their practice. Um, and, you know, if you can be that way inclined, find someone that, that, that uh, stitches spirituality into their work too. Spirituality does not mean religion. You can be um, an atheist and, and, and be very spiritual uh, <clears throat> uh, if, that's your, if that's your decision. But, it, I, you know, I think that that hard work is, is, is crucial and key. And that's like the message that a lot of people don't want to hear because it's really fluffy and woolly and it's quite threatening to a lot of people. But I, I, I can assure you that, um, you know, it will up your game as a leader. I've seen just phenomenal, phenomenal results in, in, in all leaders who, who I've helped, um, take this route and trust me that, you know, uh, much of the leaders you might look up to, especially leaders in technology, are have invested a lot in these types of practices. Uh, this it's 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 not just me. So that's that's what I would say. It's a, it's not it's it's not immediately actionable, but I would say do that do that inner work, and and you will be very happy and a, a, a far more successful leader. Yeah. So do the hard work, and I think like with anything, there's no 
quick fix, no silver yeah. bullet, no magic trick that will solve the problem. It's just a long ongoing learning process. And Owen, I know we've covered a lot, but to wrap up and summarize, I would love to hear what are the three most important elements needed to become a great leader? I doubt I have a good, clean three components for you, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just going to give much of the same answer again, because I think it's really, really, really important. And I think if I, if I gave you more, it would, it, it would dilute from that message. It's a message I'm really passionate about. And I, I, I believe in strongly. I think if you wish to become a great leader, um, please invest in, you know, self-knowledge um, and, and, and self-love um, and, uh, you know, an understanding of what makes us humans tick. Um, that's, that's three, uh, but it's really, really one answer. Um, and I've been, I've, I've, I've wasted enough air time on that already, but you know, I, I, I implore you all, anyone listening, especially those for, for whom this type of stuff is new to dabble, try it. Um, take those first steps. Um, it will enrich your life and, and make you a, a phenomenally powerful uh, and successful leader. Yeah, this was great. And Owen, I think we could now move on to our closing questions and our fast five challenge. So we're going to change things up a bit from the topic of leadership. So I will ask five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. So question one, what is the one book you would recommend others to read? I just picked up a little cheesy book. It's called You Can Do It by Louise Hay. It's about positive thinking. Try it out. Cool. Second question. A SaaS company you love and why? I love Hay. Um, they're an email client by the Basecamp uh, people. Uh, it's so innovative, so creative. It, 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 uh, it practices first principles, product design and thinking in a way I've never seen in a software product. Um, a new email client called Hey. It's amazing. Incredible. Cool. Love it. Third question. Favorite place to read about marketing online? You know, I'm not a in the trenches marketer, so I, I, I really don't do that. I, where I learn about marketing is, is, is the study of great brands and great products. And I, I always take note of how I found out about certain brands and products and how they speak about their products and how they tell their stories. You know, so for me, I learn by example. That's that's the altitude at which I've I've always worked in my in my roles. Love it. Great advice. Fourth question: most important growth metric. Again, for for the roles I've played, it's always been revenue. You know, and that's and that's the one that matters to a business. Uh, everything else is, uh, you know, just rolls up to revenue. Revenue is 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 all important, especially in an early stage growth company, and and then eventually profit. Yeah, absolutely. And then fifth and final question, your best piece of advice for fellow marketers, even though you're not a marketer, I guess marketers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all marketers. Um, invent, 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 invent. Stay scrappy. Stay light on your feet. You can only ever get through the noise if you uh, do not do what everyone else does. I am so sick and tired of marketers and people in marketing and anyone doing marketing saying okay um what's our pr strategy what's our advertising strategy you know what do we want to say in our blog they go straight to the tactics and the 
the, the, the classic and the standard channels. And that's just a beautiful recipe to just be like everyone else and get no notice. So there, there you go. It's a little rant for you, but invent and innovate and, and stay light on your feet. Love it. It's always good to finish on a rant. So, Owen, I have to say <laughs> thank you. This was awesome. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you. That was Owen McCabe on leadership lessons from founding and scaling Intercom into a billion dollar company. Now, before I go, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to the show. And I want to give a shout out to Liz AE, who left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They said, this pod is punchy, bright and never boring. It cuts straight to the experience and wisdom of the very capable guests. I appreciate the compelling drill downs that I take into work the next day. So thank you so much. And if you want to shout out, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and maybe I'll be reading your message out next time. And as ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency, Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are